We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's April, it's the 4th of April, it's 2019, and we have three basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. We're also going to break down the four-game early baseball slate as well, so kind of a combo podcast today. Get the early slate out of the way and um, talk about this three-game basketball slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother from another mother, Jeanifer Grant. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, not too bad. I accidentally slept in through the early slate, and I would have been all over the White Sox because... I always am, so I was real disappointed about that, and then ended up playing the main slate, and I'm I'm crushing it, apparently. Didn't play a huge amount because of how big the slate was, but still tripling, quadrupling up my money, so can't really complain. Yeah, it's awesome, so glad you're having a good night. Basketball is keeping me afloat tonight. I have a good basketball squad, Um, so kind of hoping to get a little bit more Rudy Gobert run in the fourth quarter and I'm um, not really getting that and and not getting any second half James Harden run so I'm not going to make any run at tournaments tonight but it's going to be a very very solid night for me so I'm not going to complain so ready to talk about some hoops talk about some baseball let's get started here if you haven't already make sure you check out our sponsor it's fantasydraft.com sign up to the rotor grinders links that way you get access to any cool promos that we run with fantasy draft have promos with them from time to time if you want to be a part of those promos make sure you sign up to the rotor grinders links they got some early mlb up they got some main slate mlb up they got some nba stuff up so a lot of stuff going on over there on Fantasy Draft. We're going to get started here with the basketball slate, and then we will talk about the baseball slate. We got Milwaukee at Philadelphia. No total in this one. Brogdon and Miritic are out. Middleton is expected to play. Um, could be back, I guess is what they said. And on the Philadelphia side, we're expecting Embiid to be back here. Um, and then... Going to have to kind of see what happens uh, with James Ennis. He got hurt in the game on Wednesday. See if he's back or not. Let's start with the Bucks. Grant, what are we looking at here on Milwaukee? I mean, everyone's kind of in play. It's an interesting spot right here. Obviously, it's a three-game slate, and the other two have big spreads. We currently don't have a spread for this game, but both of these teams – 
kind of need to win this game. Not they don't really need to win this game, but they have to win one or two more to lock into the current spots that they're in. Um, which, like they they could potentially switch spots. I think no, uh, the Raptors can potentially switch spots with the Bucks. In any case, they kind of need to win this, but they don't really need to. So I don't know exactly who's going to get a full complement of minutes, but that's pretty much everyone on this entire three game slate here. Um, person I probably have the most interest in is going to be Bledsoe. Just he's been doing pretty well lately. I know with Giannis in there, probably doesn't help his numbers, but Giannis, Bledsoe, Middleton, Lopez, those are the guys that I'm going to go with. Uh, they're all in play just because of the size of the slate, but Bledsoe's the guy that really stands out to me is probably the best. I know that Philly's good against the one, but that doesn't matter. He's just been doing so well lately that I'm willing to buy into his volume here against Philly. Yeah, I think Philly more than um, Philly kind of wants to wants to win this game to kind of lock themselves into the three. Um, I don't think they want to end up being the four seed. And Boston and the um, Pacers play each other on Friday, so that obviously um, is going to matter in that um, whole Eastern thing. So I think if you're looking at guys here, I think you're looking at you know I think Giannis is an interesting play here. Um, and, and then, like you said, Bledsoe, obviously he's interesting. Um, you know, obviously it, it really will depend. Like Sterling Brown could be a nice little value play if Middleton sits again. Uh, he's certainly somebody that we could potentially look at here. Um, and that's really it. I don't really want to play Brooke Lopez in this spot. Um, what are we doing with the 76ers? Uh, to me, I think it's just Embiid. Um, is the guy that stands out. Obviously, he's had a little three-day rest here. Milwaukee doesn't really match up real well against Embiid here. Uh, I think that we could potentially see – I know that Butler suited up today, uh, but he may not tomorrow. I'm not really sure who's going to end up sitting, if anyone is. But I think regardless, it's Embiid just obviously has the best matchup. Best matchup out of any of these guys here. He's the most rested. I could potentially see him getting 35 minutes. His price tag at 10-2 isn't horrible. The slate doesn't really have a whole lot of centers to play. Um, so, yeah, it, it's Embiid for me. And then you can take shot like it. Last guy in your lineup or just if you need someone that price range, Simmons, Harris, Butler are all fine. Um, probably Butler being the best out of those guys just because of his price. Simmons being a little bit too, too hefty in price for me to play with Embiid in there. Yeah, Milwaukee's really struggled at centers um, over the last you know ten games. They're 29th in defensive efficiency in that span. Uh, the matchup is really good for Embiid. I, you know, he certainly has the upside. He has the fresh legs. So um, you know, on a three-game slate, raw points matter. And Embiid is certainly somebody we're looking at um, up there towards the top. Outside of that, like you said, unless somebody else rests, um, like if Butler or Tobias or somebody sits here, really not going to have a ton of interest in anybody else. Um, you know, like I guess the only other guy that I, I think we should, you know, remotely mention is on the other side, Pat Cunnington, um, 4,900. He's been playing really solid minutes, even when Middleton's been there. So he, he could potentially be a value play on a slate that doesn't look like we're going to have a ton of value, but we do have some value. Yeah, yeah, I could see playing Connington, but uh, I think I'd rather take a shot with some of the Lakers guys that we'll get to later. Ton of value in the Lakers game, that is for sure. Cleveland at Sacramento. 
228 and a half total here. Uh, Sacramento favored by 10 in this game. Kevin Love is out. Harry Giles is still out. Outside of that, everybody else really expected to play outside of Del Dova and Smith and those guys that have been out for a while. Starting with Cleveland here, um, what are we looking at on, on the Cleveland side of things? I mean, no one stands out as a fantastic play. Uh, Nance is fine. Sexton's fine. You can take a shot on Clarkson here. Uh, Tristan Thompson, his price tag is good enough where if you need to save some money, he should be in for 20 to 25 minutes here. So all those guys are all right. Uh, the guys that would probably look at most in tournaments are going to be CD and Brandon Knight. CD obviously without loving there. Uh, tends to get a little uptick. Everyone's going to see how terrible he did the other night versus Phoenix. Um, but he shot one for 12. That's probably not going to happen again. He didn't get a single rebound. He's got 40-point upside or high 30s upside. Um, I think I'd go with him. And then Brandon Knight, um, I mean, I'm hoping this could be a 30-minute spot for him here. And I know that he really hasn't done too much. But if you there's not a whole lot of guys that you want to go with in the 3K range. Uh, on the slate today. So if you really need to save some money night going in a up pace matchup, I could see this being a spot where he ends up crushing. It's it's purely speculative, speculative and just because it's only a three game slate without a whole lot of value. But I could see going with him in tournaments, but CD's or said he's the only guy that really stands off the page to me. Yeah, don't mind Osman. Um, I think Clarkson's a little interesting here. He certainly is a, a guy I think you can look at in, in tournaments. Um, over 28 fantasy points in uh, six of his last seven games. So he certainly has at 5,700 when we're looking for raw points. Uh, the raw points um, for Clarkson are, are definitely in play. I think Larry Nance is okay here against Sacramento. I think if you want a tournament flyer, you throw a shot at Tristan Thompson. You hope you get that 25-minute game instead of the 20-minute game uh, with Kevin Love out. He's 4,200. But outside of that, and um, Osman, like you said, Brandon Knight, um, not much else I want to target here. Knight has the upside. He's going to play the minutes, so he's interesting. The Sacramento side of things, um, you know, they got absolutely blown out last game against Houston, so it's really tough to, you know, judge that game, but they should be the team that's in control of this game. What are we looking at here on the Kings? I mean, really, I think it's Fox, Buddy Hyde, Bagley. Those are the three guys that I would probably end up going with. Fox, I know they've had two bad games in a row. Like you said, one was a blowout in which he only played 24 minutes. The other one was against the Spurs um, on the road, where the Spurs are way, way better at home. and uh, Sacramento's way, way worse on the road. Um, but Fox was playing well before that. I don't really hate going with him here. He's only 7,200. He was up in the 8Ks just two games ago, and I know this matchup's projected to be a blowout, but it's got a decent – or the Kings have a decent play total here. So Fox followed by Hyde, followed by Bagley, and then if you really want to take a shot, Bogdanovich or I guess you can go Willie Colley-Stein, who's just better at home and has had some decent games lately. Uh, but I think I'd rather go with McGee. But uh, Fox and Hyde are probably really the two main guys I want to go with here. And with all the games worrying about it being a blowout, I'm not really worried about this being a blowout because chances are the same with pretty much every other game here. Yeah, Cleveland, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. It's not a secret. They have been all season. They allow a ton of fantasy points. Darion Fox is certainly a top option on this slate when we're considering value and everything else. Buddy Heald is another guy I think we can look at for pure upside. 
don't mind Bagley and then Bodanovich on the cheaper end. Um, in the games that have stayed close recently, he's had good games. So I think you can potentially look at Bodanovich um, as well. Um, I, I like the Kings here. I, I don't want to act like I don't like them. They're certainly a team that I want to target on this three-game slate. I'll probably have two of those guys that I mentioned between Fox, Heald, Bagley, and Bodanovich. Moving on to the last game here, we got Golden State at LA taking on the Lakers. It's a 227 total. Golden State favored by 13 in this game. They've already ruled Livingston out. They still technically need to win games. Um, and then on the Lakers side of things, like we're going to have to see uh, if Kuzma plays. He's questionable. LeBron's not playing. We already know that. Um, Josh Hart, we know, is out for the season. Um, you know, Chandler, I think he's going to be out, but, you know, it's tough to say. Let's start with Golden State. Yeah, they need to win, but they should be able to pretty hand handily win this game. Is, is there anything that we're looking at here on Golden State? I mean, Boogie. Boogie's my favorite um, out of everyone. But I think any of their starting five is really in play. It's a three-game slate, so I can't really knock any of them off. Um, I think you can include any of them on a game stack. This is a game where if it stays close, you're right. Golden State's trying to win, and certain Lakers guys if they play a full couple of minutes, have huge upside, especially if Kuzma's out. But, I mean, Boogie's probably the most likely guy to end up going drastically over his value here. I think Curry and Durant are about where they're supposed to be at. I think Curry would be the one I prefer of the two just because he's putting up 14, 15 three-point attempts like pretty much most games here. So he's obviously got upside versus the just trash Lakers team right now, but it's boogie. It's Curry. If you really want to, this game's stackable and you can ch just choose your pieces out of them or clay or Durant or green over on the golden state side, but no one stands out as a great play. Yeah. Like clay and boogie are probably my two favorite plays from golden state. I, I, I think like trying to build that mid tier balanced type approach is what I'm going to do today. Instead of playing like a Durant and Curry, um, I think that like I play like a boogie and a clay and maybe like a rondo on the other side of this game with some of those Sacramento guys and just kind of try to pound that mid tier as much as possible here. Uh, the Lakers side, obviously a lot of people out, a lot of people not playing. It's just a mess. Um, but Rajon Rondo, you know, he's played 35 plus minutes in two of the last three games, shot terribly the other night and almost triple doubled still. Um, I think Rondo's firmly in play here. Yeah, it's, Rondo is in play no matter what. I think a, a little bit uh, relies on if Kuzma plays or not for some of the guys, but Rondo and McGee are very much in play for me and probably two of my top plays on the entire slate. Rondo's getting boatload of minutes every single game. He's got huge upside every single game. Rondo is absolutely a guy that I'll be throwing in to my lineups. And then McGee. Like, 50-point upside. I know they only got 25 minutes in the last game, but if he's getting 30-plus, he seems to be crushing on a night-in, night-out basis. Like, it just – this isn't a great slate. It's a three-game slate. You just throw McGee in there and move on. If Kuz is in, then Kuz is a fine play, um, especially if you're going to throw in a little game stack. If he's out, I think you can look at KCP. I think you can look at Caruso. I think you can look at Stevenson. Um Outside of them, those are really the guys they end up going with. Maybe Wagner, 
if you really want to save some money there at 4,200, he could be in play if Kuzma's out. But it's really just McGee and Rondo are automatically in play. And then judging on if Kuzma's out, KCP, Caruso, and Stevenson are decent plays. But I think this is a decent stack-up spot. I mean, if it does end up staying close enough where people get a full complement to minutes, it can stay close and Golden State can still blow them out by 14 points. But it could all happen within the last three, four minutes. So I think this is a decent stacking spot on a day where there's not really a whole lot you want to stack in the first game because neither team cares that much and there's not a whole lot you want to stack in the Cleveland-Sacramento game. Yeah, and like, you know, you look at this game and we don't have a ton of value today. I think another guy we could potentially look at here value-wise um, is Reggie Bullock. He's 3,600. He's been playing minutes. Uh, if Kuzma sits, Reggie Bullock is another value play we're looking at. So all those guys really in play. It really just depends on how much you play, depending on if Kuzma sits or not. So uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll talk some baseball. Give me your favorite game to go over or under on this basketball slate. Uh, Sacramento to go under. Sacramento to go under. Um, I'm going to take the over in the Lakers game. That's bold. Um, I think they've been the worst team at covering the over at home all season yeah. long. Fun fact. Fun fact. But they're not um, the same team they've been all season long. And they're playing Golden State. Golden State can put up 120 by themselves. Um, under 5K to 7X, who's your cheap guy you're looking at here? Uh, let's go with. I'm going Brandon Nate. All right. I think I'm going to go with Reggie Bullock. I don't think Kuzma plays. Over 8K, not to 5X, not a ton of options up here. We're going to kind of, you know, beat each other up. There's only five guys over 8K on this slate. So give me one guy that you don't like here. I'll go with Simmons. After a good game on Wednesday, right to the fade on Thursday. Well, and beats back. It's a little bit different. Uh, well, Dole, hey, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm gonna take Durant. I guess I don't like. I think all, all of five of those guys could five X on the slate. Um, Simmons being my least favorite. Like you, who's your six X guy today? I'll let you have Rondo. I'll take McGee. Yeah, I'm not gonna take Rondo. Ooh, I do like Rondo. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to take Fox. I really like the spot for Darren Fox. Yeah, I really think it is kind of a like balanced lineup today just because McGee, Rondo, and Fox kind of and Bledsoe kind of lead you that way a little bit. Yeah, and you know, obviously that could lower the ownership of Curry and Giannis and those guys, but just, you know, I always build a lineup as I go here, and my lineup is more balanced. Um Still have a couple of value guys in there, but like like you were saying, like it's if if you're playing like this slate, it's gonna lead you to more of a balance build. Rondo, McGee, um, Fox and Buddy Heald. So let's talk some baseball. We're gonna go game by game. We're gonna talk about the whole early slate. We're gonna talk about these four games. So we're gonna go game by game like we would normally do. We're gonna start with Washington at New York, taking on the Mets. We got Steven Strasburg against Noah Syndergaard. Let's start with Strasburg. Do you like Strasburg in this spot? Is he a guy we could potentially play? 
I, I really, really don't want to play him. Um, going up against these Mets, I don't think it's a good lineup. There's a lot of decent lefties in there, and I'm just kind of a big fan of the Mets right now. Uh, they are my favorite play or the favorite stack of the entire day. So we'll get to that in a second. So obviously I'm not playing Strauss. He's going to draw a little bit of ownership just looking at Vegas odds. I actually don't have him up right now, but he's, he should draw some ownership on a four-game slate where you have to pick between him and Cindergard and Paxton as the payup. I know Paxton's probably going to draw the most ownership, but Strasburg is not remotely in play for me. Yeah. I, I like Strasburg against right-handed heavy teams. Not saying that like he won't go out and pitch well here. Uh, I think that he could go out and pitch well here. It wouldn't shock me. But just I, I like to play him more against right-handed heavy lineups. Uh, his strikeout rate goes down against lefties. So not necessarily a spot that I want to play him. You know, he's a dog in this game. You know, when you're looking at it, Syndergaard's a minus 125 here. Um, well, New York is a minus 125 here. So... I, I do think this is a good spot to potentially overlook Strasburg. I think Syndergaard's in play. Um, you know, this lineup now without Trey Turner, we know they lost Bryce Harper in the offseason. Um, what's your thoughts here when we're looking at Noah Syndergaard? Yeah, I don't mind him. Um, I do like this Washington lineup, but it's try, kind of choosing between him and Paxton. And, I mean, either one of these guys can – Syndergaard or Paxton can get it get end up getting blown up at any given time but the implied vegas implied total isn't too high on uh nationals right now Cindergard, i think is going to draw lower ownership than paxton because he obviously has a much tougher tougher matchup here but paxton like there's no real guarantee that he's going to crush at any given time so the weather outside should be in the low 50s compared to the mid-60s for the Baltimore game. So I do like Syndergaard. He's one of my top payups. I wouldn't go here in cash. I'd rather, much rather go with Paxton in cash. But Syndergaard's in play for tournaments. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Syndergaard's the guy that I'm I'm probably going to play over Strasburg. Um, I, I do think it's really close between Syndergaard and Paxton. I think it was very encouraging that Syndergaard's velocity was up in his first start, a uh, guy that He's dealt with injuries a lot throughout his career. It was really good to see his velocity be where it should be um, in that first start. So um, let's talk Nationals bats. Anybody that you want to play here against um, Noah? I mean, not really. He just doesn't give up much hard contact. His K rate's high enough where it kind of gets me off all of these guys. I think Soto is in play as a one-off just because of the size of the slate. Um, but outside of him, like... Not really. Yeah, the dude throws a 97-mile-an-hour sinking fastball that has way more soft contact than hard contact. Like, if we look back at last year, minus 4% um, hard-to-soft contact ratio, which means he was creating 4 more percent soft contact than hard contact. So, uh, just nobody, like, outside of maybe, like, just a hedge stack or a contrarian stack against him, I'm, I'm not playing any one-offs in this spot against Syndergaard. Um, you were talking about how the Mets, one of your favorite teams, so I'll let you have the floor here with the Mets. The Mets are going to crush Strasburg. I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of them this year. Conforto, I think, is going to have a pretty nice year. Uh, we saw what they did the other day against, I can't remember who it was, Urias. Uh, but, like, they have a bunch of good lefties in here going against Strauss, who's 
a bit worse against lefties than he is against righties. They don't have a real high total, uh, which should keep ownership mostly off them. But they, they're all good hitters. I really like them as contrarian stack on an eight-game slate. I think they're the most likely to be moderately low-owned and absolutely go off. And realistically, like, there's not really a whole lot of great offenses to go with on this slate here. So we have Nemo, we have Cano, we have Conforto, we have McNeil, and uh, assuming whatever his name, I can't remember his name, first baseman, lefty. Jeff McNeil or Pete Alonzo? Alonzo's a righty. Not Alonzo. Why am I forgetting? McNeil? No, I don't know. But in any case, like, they have a lot of good lefties going up against Strauss. And he could absolutely crush Smith. Smith, I think, could be in the lineup here today. Um, so, like, just stack up the lefties versus Strauss. And even some of the righties there don't really strike out at a high rate. So they're going to be putting the ball in play. And if that happens, then more runs could be scored here. So I really like the Mets today. Yeah, you're talking about Dominic Smith. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Mets are interesting. It's a four-game slate. Um, they're certainly a team that I'm, I will I will consider on the slate. Um, moving on, Royals at Detroit taking on the Tigers. Jacob Junis uh, against Spencer Turnbull. Um, let's start with Junis. Um, what do you think here of the pitcher against the team that just can't score any runs? Yeah, I, I don't want to go with him, but I pretty much – have to uh, on this slate. I think you're thinking between him and uh, Erod, and I think a lot of people are going to go with Erod. But Erod has a tough matchup. But I likely think will not end well for him. He's definitely the better pitcher, but this is not set up as a great spot for him. Whereas Eunice has a matchup versus Detroit. It's that simple. Here, Eunice always has some upside just because of how talented of a pitcher he is. Whether it works out well for him or not, at any given time. Who knows? But there's a spot where he should end up crushing. Uh, he's probably my outside of Cindergard and um, Paxton. He's probably my favorite pitcher on the slate. Yeah, I think he's my SP two on the slate. I don't think it's anything crazy. Um, the, the Detroit Tigers are just they're off to a terrible start. Um, you know, when we look at it's still really, really early in the season, but like nobody on this team outside of uh, Stewart has an ISO over 150 to start the season. Nobody has a Woba over 270 outside of Castellanos. Like it's a spot where I, I think we can play Junis um, and, and just be okay with it. Like, you know, you have to kind of be okay with it. He pitched pretty solid in his white stocks uh, in his season debut. Gave up a few runs, had a few strikeouts. Like, if we can get like 16 plus from him in this spot, I think with him and one of those other stud pitchers to be able to fit in the bats, I think it works out. Yeah. Uh, the other side of this game, um, Turnbull. <laughs> you know, we didn't see this guy a lot last year, so it's really tough to to judge off of last season with him. His first start. You know, he had five innings. He allowed a few hits. He allowed some home run or a home run and a few runs. Uh, the strikeout rate was solid. It wasn't great. From what we saw of him last year, he was able to limit the power, but he gave up a lot of hard contact. So there could be some regression numbers to the power. Is this a spot that maybe we can sneakily stack Kansas City, or are you playing Turnbull? I mean, it's a four-game slate. You can stack Kansas City if you want. Turnbull's cheap enough. And 
he's got one of the best matchups of the cheap guys. I mean, are we going to look at the bottom three price guys? It's Anderson going against Boston. It's Cobb going against New York. And it's Turnbull going against KC. So I expect Turnbull to have a decent amount of ownership here. I've looked at different projection systems, and some of them are high on – or there's one that's high on Turnbull this year, which the guy happens to work at RG. Hey, Cardi. Um, and the rest of them expect him to be a below-average pitcher here. But if Cardi thinks that he's got some upside here, I'm willing to take some tournament shots on Turnbull. But – Still a guy with not a whole lot of big league experience, so I think a stack for the Royals is in the air. But uh, I don't know if I'll really end up going with it because I think there's more upside with three other teams probably. And it's going to be low 40s tomorrow in Detroit. So I know that cold temperature generally doesn't really help out pitchers too much, but sure doesn't help out batters. And by that, I mean it doesn't help them grip the ball as well. Yeah, like so for me, like – when I'm looking at it, I don't think I'll play Turnbull here. Um, let's talk Kansas City bats really quick here. I, I I do like the pricing on the Kansas City bats today. Like if you're playing on DraftKings or Fantasy Draft on this early slate, like O'Hearn's a guy that I really like at 37. Alex Gordon's 35. You're getting top four guys, top five guys in the lineup pretty cheap here. So Lair's under 4K. Like Mondesi's your spend up, and the dude has a ton of upside with his speed alone. Um, we're already starting to see it this season. We started to see it last year. Like he has a ton of upside because of his speed. But like when you're looking at the slate, you might not play Mondesi because he's 5100. Um, so I, I do like the Kansas City bats here. What's your thoughts? I mean, again, it's a guy who's made what two, three major league starts in his career, but it's cold weather. I, they probably rank fourth on my list of stacks on the day, and it's not hot enough for me to want to end up playing any of them outside of some price savings. Probably on Hearns, like you said. Maybe Alex Gordon is fine. Maybe Solaire. But I don't think I want to play pay 5K for Mondesi. I'd rather just take a little price savings here. I could end up seeing myself using a few of these guys in cash just to maybe get up to Paxton and Eunice and for my SP one and two, but none of these bats really stand out as great ones to me just because of the weather. Yeah. It's more of just, I'm, I'm looking at these guys uh, for salary relief. Um, you know, I'm going to want some bats that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, but just kind of looking at the salary relief aspect of it. Um, Moving on to the next game, New York at Baltimore, James Paxton versus Alex Cobb. We've kind of alluded to it a few times now, but James Paxton, when we're looking at just overview of this slate, he's the the biggest favorite on this slate at 180. And um, he's looking like a spot where we can pretty much look at him in cash and in tournaments here. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he's got huge upside. It's not horrible hitting conditions. Um, when you're considering the slate, but overall it's not great hitting conditions when you figure the course of the season, which helps out Paxton. Like he's got the best matchup against a team just riddled with strikeouts all the way up and down. He's got a 32% K rate. He's good against both sides of the plate in terms of striking guys out, but he's a little bit more susceptible to lefties. And all we really have to worry about in terms of lefties are Davis, Ruiz, and Smith, which Definitely not worried about Davis at all. And the other two guys, not not horribly worried about him either. He sets up as the best pitcher probably on the entire slate and has the best matchup 
on the entire slate with the most likelihood to win on the entire slate. Everything points towards him being a great play today. I'm going to be all over him in tournaments. I'm going to be all over him in cash. The only way I'm not playing is if I cannot afford the extra 400 or $800 from Thor to him. Yeah, his swing and strike and his whiff rates and stuff in his first start were beyond exceptional. Um, the velocity was right where it should be in his first start. So Paxton, my number one on the slate, I think you're right there with me as far as just if we can fit him in, we're going to try to fit him in. Alex Cobb on the other side, like Alex Cobb showed you know signs of brilliance last season, but really, really struggled as far as just getting people to strike out um, pitch to contact type of guy. Any interest in Alex Cobb? I mean, if you want to go next level game theory, knowing that everyone's going to be all over the Yankees. Um, but like the only reason for taking him, if you want to spend up for a whole lot of bats on the slate and a lot of like, what, what is it? One, two, three, or yeah, three of the top six highest priced bats on the slate are on the Yankees. So can't really pay up for too many bats if you're not paying up for the Yankees. I mean, I guess you can go with Boston. I may end up with one Cobb lineup if I did 20 lineups, but I, I really don't see the need. I'd rather take a shot on Turnbull at $1,100 more than take a shot on Cobb. It's just the likelihood of Cobb having a, a start that absolutely crushes enough to make it worth playing him are unlikely. So, yeah, no real reason to play him unless – you just want to go next level game theory in a huge tournament and stack up all the high price bats that aren't on the Yankees. Yeah, like I'm with you. I, I'm playing Turnbull before I take a shot on Cobb. Um, I just, I'd have to be running out mass multi enter to even start to consider Cobb. Um, low strikeout rate. Yankees top offense on the slate. Uh, let's talk Yankees offense. You know they've dealt with some injuries here, but. You know, Gardner is in play. He's one of the cheaper ones. Judge, Voigt, Bird, Sanchez are your, you know, your real upside home run type plays. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Yankees bats are probably, if you can afford them in cash or where you're going to be looking for, um, it's going to be a little bit tough, but there there are ways to do it. It's yeah, Judge, Sanchez for uh, your catcher spot is probably outside of maybe Ramos if you're me and love the Mets probably where you're going to be going um yeah this is where you're getting a lot of your cash games bad so i'm assuming right now they have the highest implied total on the entire board let me double check they yeah do. yeah they do um so this is where you're looking for a lot of your bats for cash games for tournaments it's going to be the chalkiest stack but it's probably the best stack on the entire board if you're not paying up for paxton just everything points towards using Yankees today. They're also in the best weather scenario out of all bats on this entire slate. Uh, every other uh, game is going to be in the 50s or 40s, whereas they're in mid mid 60s here with a little bit of humidity. So, yeah, just play Yankees bats in cash if you can afford them. Yeah, for sure. It's it's an excellent spot. Um, you know, the Yankees a, a top option for sure. Um, I, I will say, like, Brett Gardner's off to a really, really, really slow start to the season. But he hits splitters really well. And Cobb uses splitter almost 40% of the time against lefties. So this could be a spot that Gardner recognizes that pitch really well. And this could be a spot to use Gardner 
um, as one of the cheaper Yankees that probably is going to end up hitting leadoff here. So um, don't shy away from looking at Brett Gardner in this spot. I just wanted to mention that really quick. Um, is there anybody on Baltimore outside of just being different and, and stacking them to stack them that you'd actually like want to consider here against Paxton? No, it's just contrarian thinking, and that's it. None of the guys over on Baltimore are any good versus lefties. Paxton's a very good lefty. Don't play anyone from Baltimore unless you just want to do something weird. That's it. Yeah. That's the only reason. You know, Mancini's, like, extremely hot, but let's take a day off. Um, last game on the early slate here is Boston at Oakland. Looking at the Boston side, we got Rodriguez pitching here. Um, do we like Rodriguez against an Oakland team that will likely throw nine righties against him? Yeah, no, not using him. Uh, Erod's likely to be – he's potentially the chalkiest pitcher on the entire slate here. Obviously, there's a decent amount of strikeouts in this Oakland lineup, but one thing that Oakland does very well is they don't really swing outside the strike zone and – Erod can always get into trouble by just working up the count. I don't think he makes it to five innings here against Oakland. I think he gets beat up pretty badly because, I mean, his K rate versus righties is 24%. His K rate versus lefties is 35%. Has a much higher walk rate versus righties. Like He's just much worse overall against righties, except for when it comes to giving up hard contact against him. And realistically, I don't think that matters that much for this Oakland team that knows how to wait on their pitches going against Erod here. Erod's going to be chalk. I'm going to fade him entirely. And I think he gets just hammered here. Yeah, I actually think we'll talk about the bats in a second, but I actually think Oakland is um, a really interesting stack on this slate. So we'll talk about that in a second. Couldn't agree more. I really don't like Rodriguez here. Just up and down this Oakland team hits left-handed pitching. We have a large enough sample size to know that a lot of these guys can hit lefties. So, just not the spot that I want to attack, especially if we're expecting him to be pretty popular here. Uh, Brett Anderson on the other side of this game, not a high strikeout guy, gets a ton of ground balls. Um, I, I think this is a spot that I'm going to stay away from Brett Anderson. Yeah, I'm not using him here. Again, we have Turnbull right below him. I'd rather take my shots on him. Going up against Boston is not really a good spot to go with. He doesn't have a high K rate, and Boston's not a terribly high K rate team. They have a whole bunch of power. They can absolutely destroy him. They're pretty decent against lefties. Nothing points towards Brett Anderson having any real upside here, other than the fact that it's in Oakland and that kind of, and it's cold there. That could help him. But I'm, I'm again, it's Turnbull over Anderson, and honestly, I'd rather play Cobb over Anderson just because there's a game theory aspect of it, and he's way cheaper. Yeah, I just I don't see myself using him at all here. Um, I actually let's, let's swing over the bats. I actually think JD Martinez is the best hitter on the slate. No, this has been a really cold start as far as the Red Sox go, but JD Martinez is one of the best hitters in baseball against sinkers, and Brett Anderson throws a ton of them. Um, he throws his sinker a lot, so I think this is a spot that JD goes yard. Um, and like he's going to be a priority for me. Why I'm looking at some of the cheap Royals and the cheaper Oakland bats that we'll talk about here in a minute is because I want to try to fit JD Martinez in my lineup. I mean, JD Martinez and Mookie, I think both are very good versus. Oh yeah. Singers, if I yeah, Mookie's very about. he's very good as well. Yeah, and they're both very good against lefties. They're both very good hitters overall. 
They're two of the top hitters on the entire slate. Boston's my third favorite stack behind the Mets and behind Oakland. Um, they match up well against lefties. Hopefully Pierce gets to start here. I know he, lefty matchers. Yeah, I hope left. I know that lefty mashers don't exist, Cardi, but we have three lefty mashers in this lineup here that are just going to destroy Anderson here. Um, so Boston, I would say, is a better stack today than the Yankees, given how much ownership the Yankees are going to have and given how many high upside bats there are in this lineup if, with Pierce in there. Yeah, one of the only reasons that I might not end up playing O'Hearn is because Pierce is supposed to be activated in play today. And like you said, he, he just matches lefties, 410 Woba, 255 ISO against lefties last season, low strikeout rates, very good plate discipline, just up and down a good hitter. Um, really like Steve Pierce here. I am worried a little bit that, you know, he hasn't really got a lot of at-bats, but I'm pretty sure he's been hitting and I'm not too worried about it. So uh, really like Steve Pierce um, at 3,800 on DK. The only other guy that I think – that we should mention is Xander if he plays um, Jackie Bradley, not last year, but the year before, was very good against lefties. Um, Brett Anderson, very low strikeout rate against lefties, so that might be a contrarian play to look at. Um, Oakland bats, you know, we, we talked about this kind of when we were talking about Rodriguez, but when we look at Oakland, they got a lot of good bats against left-handed pitching, and they're cheap. Like Chapman, one of the, one of the better plays on the slate when we're just considering price. Yeah, no, uh, I like pretty much all the open bats. I mean, Simeon, Chapman, Piscotty, Davis. I don't really want to go Canha or Pinder just because of the possibility. Like, you always worry about uh, guys in Oakland getting pinch hit for because of the platoon split. Erod's not a guy that's going to go late into the game, especially if he's getting beat up a little bit. So I don't really want to take a shot on them. But going with Profar down near the end of the lineup or Lariano, both of them are fine. I think they get pinch hit for last because Pender and Canada are the two guys that generally get pinch hit for most. But yeah, Erod is a guy that does not know how to keep a pitch count low. He does. He won't go into the late into the game, especially this early on in the season here when Boston just mostly playing for the playoffs here. Uh, I think that Oakland like is going to crush him here. Davis, Chapman, my two favorite plays on the. Oakland team and two of the best plays on the entire slate. Um, any final thoughts? I think it's pretty much it. Stack Oakland, stack the Mets. Even though you'll be taking money away from me because that's all I'm doing. <laughs> on that note, we're gonna get out of here. Um, hope everyone has an awesome, awesome Thursday. We'll be back Friday talking some more NBA. He is Genie for I'm Stevie. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then. Hey kids.